You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Uh, very sad news of the collapse of a building and the death of innocent people uh, earlier this week. And I want us to continue to pray because one of the things that happens in a country or in a city or in a land where things like that happen, the people, there's a sense of despair. Yeah, um, and, and just also of discouragement, one of the things we'll talk about today. But more than that also, I would like us to also ask God how he would have you and I contribute to the rebuilding of our country. Um, and we will not be able to rebuild uh, our country in one day or one week. Uh, as they say, Ibadan was not built in a day. Uh, but... Um, But we must try our very best, okay? Um, help me tell the person next time it's well with Nigeria. It's well with Nigeria, okay? All right. Uh, one thing I'd like to say before I preach is that please, if you've been coming to LifePoint and I don't know you, uh, it, I mean, sometimes you like it like that and I don't mind like that, all right? Um, but, it's, but we don't want you to be a stranger. If you like to hide at LifePoint, it's fine. One of the reasons the lights are off apart from the fact that it helps us to conserve diesel. And, uh, <laughs> but it's also to give you just, you know, your, you can cry, you can just hide. You know, you see the guy who broke your heart three years ago, you need, you just not, he doesn't know you are here. Um, your manager from work. But we don't want you to hide. We'll ask a small group seasons coming. We'll ask that you join a small group. We'll ask that you use your real name when you introduce yourself to people in church. We'll ask that one Sunday you just wait around and say hi to someone. Uh, there are a bunch of people who typically sit in front. Uh, most of them are leaders, ministers here. Walk up to one of them and ask, oh, you know, walk up to me, typically, and, or anybody else, and say, look, hi, I'd like to meet someone new. Or if you have a need, you don't have food to eat. And I'm not talking about you head as a new place and you, nobody's taking it. No, that's, that's not that one, all right? You don't have food to eat. And nobody who comes to Life Point should go to bed hungry. Okay? You don't have food to eat. Buzz us. If I come to us and say, my friend doesn't have food to eat. Okay? That's fine. You have a health care. You have a bill in the hospital. Um, they need this to be paid. Uh, we don't do, sorry, we don't do vacations uh, <laughs> and stuff. But you have a need. Do come to us. Do talk to us. That's why we're here. Okay? Um, when I was preparing during the week, I had an impression that certain people have, it was prophetic actions. We had spoken about prophetic actions earlier in the year. I'm not quite sure what God is waiting on you to do or what you need to do as a trigger action for something, for a season, for a manifestation to happen. But there is someone who needs to get something going, all right? Um, next Sunday, I teach a message titled, How to Avoid Arrests. Um, and I think when you read the story of Nehemiah, uh, we've been using him as a case for some of the teaching we're doing in this season. Um, his opposition moves very quickly from you know, people who are just out to ridicule and insult, and we'll talk about that this Sunday, to people who want to kill him. So the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So we'll talk about spiritual warfare. We'll talk about how, that's next Sunday, we'll talk about how to deal with what are familiar spirits, if any such thing? Okay, we'll talk about how to deal with a sense of oppression, how to be observant 
about things and how to, you know, just keep on making progress as God wants us to. So please invite people to come next Sunday. And I think this Wednesday, talk about a message uh, about dealing with delay. Talking about the power of patience, of perseverance, and I think of purpose. All right, but today, um, I'd like us to read Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 10, and then we'll read 17 to 20. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 10. By now, you should have finished the book of Nehemiah, but I know you have more important books to read. Uh, but by now, you should have. It's just good. It's like going to school and have you done your homework, right? Have you finished the book of Nehemiah? You stopped at six. No, six is good. It's, it's okay. Is there any reason why you stopped at six? You read it? Oh, okay. So now that's a good student. He's read it to six. He knows that worst case, worst case. What did I preach? I can't, you know. But if you've not read it at all, you're one of the reasons why we're reading it now. All right? So Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible says, when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. They They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. Uh, let's read, let's go down to verse 17. Nehemiah now says, and I said to them, so he's talking to the people of the, the Israelites. He says, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me. And what the king had said. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. Verse 19, but when Sambalat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this that you were doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? And so I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you will have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Last week, we talked about authority. The fact that Nehemiah is moved by God, impressed by God about work that needs to be done. The very same way work needs to be done in our country. The very same way work needs to be done in your family. Work needs to be done in your company. Work needs to be done on your street. There is someone here who is saying, Lord, why am I a Nigerian? Why? I know you say you are merciful, but Lord, why am I a Nigerian? I won't even have minded Togo. I won't. Rwanda. I'm not even saying America. No. But why am I a Nigerian? <laughs> there is work to be done here. There is a work of rebuilding to be done here. 
There is a name to be made for God in Nigeria. There is a name to be made for God in Nigeria. There is, if, you, if, you're, if you're just really concerned about money, there is money to be made in Nigeria. There is a work of rebuilding. And so last week, Nehemiah 2, we read, Nehemiah understands that the king is pleased with him. So he says, hey, I'm about to go, but would you give me letters, he says, to the kings of the regions beyond the, the river on the way to Judah? He said, would you give me letters that they must permit me to proceed? And we talked about how when God will send us very same way as we go in life, that he would give us license. He would give us authority. So when we get to checkpoints in life, things which will stand in our way, things which will question our authority, that we then have a response for them. He says, give me letters to those kings. He says, give me letters to Asaph, who is the keeper of the king's forest, that he must provide for me. And this week, as we continue with Nehemiah, we find that he has authority. He's got the strength of the state behind him. And yet, these people then arise who are not pleased with the progress that he wants to make in life. Not everyone will be happy with your progress in God and in life. Not everyone will be. Um, not everything that will happen will seem to be going in the direction of God's promise and vision for you. I was thinking during the week about how it's sometimes interesting how when we paint the picture of a Christian life, we don't, we seem to be avoiding reality. Because we almost want to paint a picture where everything works out well in the physical. Where everything is fine. We don't want to entertain the possibility that we, that, that we, this cannot be, it must go according to plan, sir. But you see, sometimes opposition or resistance are proof of progress. The proof that you are going in the right direction. Because if, if you take Joseph's life, for example, if Joseph had hired you know, the best consulting firms of our day, and hired McKinsey and Bain, and just for good measure, I'll throw in PwC, that used to be there, and, and KPMG, because my wife wouldn't come, and then all the firms that you guys work for, so you don't send me text messages later. If you had sent all those firms, send me, you know, five people each who are the most brilliant strategists in Lagos. Call me Pam. And, and you know, she's schooled in a fancy school and understands strategy. And Ini, Ini's always talking bright. Bring her, you know, and add JR, you know. He went to some nice school abroad. And then for local content, <laughs> add Idris. Well, <laughs> too early to be finding trouble. All right. If we had put all those strategies together and said, Joseph said, look, this is the plan. This is what I've received from God. He said, God has told me, my brothers will bow to me. I see royalty, <laughs> kingship, especially that my second brother. Draw me a strategy plan. 
do me a deck, do me a, show me something, it present, show me how to get there. <laughs> Would they have designed for him a strategy that says your brothers will sell you? Oh, so before they sell you, they will actually think of killing you. See, that's the strategy, sir. Oh, then they will sell you. So what do you mean by they will, what do you mean they will sell? They will sell you. They will collect money. They will sell you. You will now be a slave in Potiphar's house. Who is Potiphar? He's someone who works in the government in Egypt. Egypt, where's Egypt? Far away. But I told you that my plan that I received from the Lord is that I was going to become king and royal. No, don't you? They will sell you. And you would then do very well in Potiphar's house. Okay, you, okay, your head is there. I can see the plan evolving. Oh, but then Potiphar's wife will like you. Well, they, they're rushing me over here, so it's not a problem if they rush me there too. Oh, no, but she would like you and try to sleep with you. Oh, no, I'm a child of God, no sleeping with you. Oh, but because of that, they will send you to jail. They will send <laughs> you to jail, and when you're in jail, you will get to become like the head prisoner. <laughs> when you're the head prisoner, you meet the butler and you meet, and, and if they had kind of shown him the path, he would have encouraged them to look for another prophet. He would have told them that they are liars. He would have bound them. He would have cast them out. In fact, he would have said to God, I do not want to do again. I don't, I don't understand, well, to be honest, because sometimes, you know, sometimes reading through scripture, I read through Job, and I'm like, well, God, I don't really want you to test me or prove me. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm okay. The way. <laughs> I'm kind of just trying to be honest with you guys. Just. Because why would Nehemiah have the authority of the king, but yet have to deal with Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem. Why? Why? I mean, and so I'm asking myself, these are people who, what was their, they had no real skin in the game. There was no issue. And they would essentially set out first to discourage him. First to discourage him. Scripture will speak about persecution that arises for the word's sake. Paul will say that you know, an open door, great is the factual door is open for me. He says, but the opposition is also there. Was making my notes, and I'll say how, you know, so Sambala, Tobiah, and Geshem is STG. Help me ask the person next to you, have you got STG? Have you, have you got STG? <laughs> and just say what I said you should say. All right. <laughs> Have you, I mean, ask them plainly, is anything discouraging you? Is anything discouraging you? Is anything discouraging you? <laughs> because it's amazing how in a broken world, how sometimes, how powerful discouragement can be. And I'm speaking to us in a generation that has lent to put up appearances. Because I get discouraged. 
I still find things that try to discourage me. But you know, I can't show it too much, right? So discouragement is a major checkpoint in life. Because Sambalat, you know, and it was interesting for me as I read this. This was people, they almost seem to have no real investment in the matter. I like how Joseph, at the end of his story in Genesis 50, 20, tells his brothers that you intended for this to harm me. It says, but God used it all <laughs> for good. For the saving of many. And I don't know who it is that is having to deal with discouragement on a wholesale level. And God is saying, as you go through that checkpoint, you must have a plan. You must be prepared for it. In fact, it was last year or two years ago, I began to say, I think I said to some of the leaders, that I realized that one of the most subtle forms of spiritual warfare, an attack upon our generation, is hopelessness. Is hopelessness. Because when I was growing up, I, I grew up in Benin, and, and then the warfare there was a bit more intense. You guys didn't know what was happening in Lagos, yeah? Okay, but you would hear that the people say, oh, that they were under spiritual attack at night. So what do you mean? They were pressing me. Now, if, you, if you were born more, like 15 years ago, you don't know what that means, that's fine. So they were pressing me. You heard that not. You heard it before. Right. And typically what it means is that someone from the spirit took a vacation, came overnight, and just wanted to irritate you. It was pressing your chest. And I, and I like to think that the demons have then graduated in sophistication. Because when you take hope away from a man or a woman, a person, it's amazing how much you can achieve. It's amazing the amount of paralysis. It's amazing the amount of energy that is lost. So for someone, discouragement is the soundtrack of a spiritual attack. But God says that all things work together for our good, church. All things. All things. In fact, when we read further down in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, the Bible says, when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life? From these heaps of a rubble bond as they are. And Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox 
climbing on it would break down their walls of stone. Verse 4 says, Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sight, their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. And the six says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their hearts. I don't know who God is calling to rebuild stuff. I was saying to on Wednesday that, you know, scripture prophetically says we'll be called the repairers. Because the people who God is calling to rebuild cannot be the people who are complaining. Because sometimes we're then spending the energy and the effort. And remember on, on, on Wednesday, he talked about how sometimes there's a whole lot of that repairing work that needs to happen within you first. Or someone God wants to repair your heart. Your heart you're carrying is... You're carrying, we can't see it because you've got nice wig, nice makeup, nice dress, and a lovely bag. But your heart has too much plaster. Bandage. That last guy that walked out, he used hammer, plier, everything, disfigured your heart, and, and walked away. And he's in the same church with you. Ha! Some of you, it's just football. You've been Arsenal fans for 10 years. You don't know it, but your heart needs repairing. <laughs> it sounds like a joke now. <laughs> I'm telling you, because there's a way you're conditioned. After a while, when they say, come and try this new business, you're an Arsenal fan, you're like, hmm. <laughs> Will we win? Hmm. Some of you have worked with an abusive boss for three years. Uh, preparing, praying this morning, God was saying, it was like that phrase, long-term discouragement. And I'll come to that in a moment. Somebody who's been, you've been carrying the sauce and the, the discussion of, that is discouraging you, your Sambalat, your Tobiah, that checkpoint, you've been, it is a, a long-term one. It's been going on for a while. So discouragement can be a major checkpoint. And I like what we just read in Nehemiah 4. Because words are powerful. For someone, it's insults. Um, my daughter's here, so I'm going to say this with a lot of joy. That people, sometimes people who are growing up now don't understand the beauty of being a child now. Because when I was growing up in my time, when they insulted you, it wasn't because they didn't like you. It was a parenting style. Approved and certified. And you know when they insult you in your local dialect, it's deeper. <laughs> I don't think my daughter has ever heard me insult her before. I need to fix that. 
But someone, and it's, and someone is on your parents who set this checkpoint. It was the people in your class. Because when you were growing up, your head grew up before your body. And some of you, you were the ones that were insulting them. God is forgiving, has forgiven you. Because some of you say, your head is big. And it stayed with you. You know, because, you know, they tell him, he said, what are you building? <laughs> what are you building? <laughs> this app you are building, my brother. <laughs> Who sent you to build it? <laughs> he said, even if a fox climbs upon it, the whole wall you are build, this country, say, Nigerian project. <laughs> you don't have Canada. You better relocate before they close their gates. <laughs> Someone else, you're rebuilding your life. You used to be a player. But you don't want to be a player no more. And your friends are laughing at you. <laughs> Falabi, what are you talking about? <laughs> Falabi, you still have game, oh. Some other people are telling you, you have gone too far. I know you have. I know you. But you didn't. Say you have gone too far. You can't repent now. Some of your dealer has been calling you. And when you say to him, I'm now born again, he says, Oh, God, that's, he said, some of my customers are pastors. Don't worry. Tell the person next to you, you've got to keep on rebuilding. You've got to keep on rebuilding. You've got to keep on rebuilding. Sometimes it's insult. Sometimes it's derision. Sometimes it's just rumors and evil reports. Sometimes it's something that doesn't happen the way you hoped it will happen. You applied for that job. When you got there for the interview, the lady at the reception said she knew you from LifePoint. So you took it as confirmation from God. You started whistling, singing praises. When Nifemi in the choir said to you, can I have your number? You said, this is what God has. This is my breakthrough. God has done it at last. Only for him to send you a text to say, please, can you remember the scripture P.I. quoted? <laughs> so, Sambalite, Tobiah, and Geshem. And Sambalite and Tobiah initially, and then Geshem joins them. Discouragement, even when you have authority. Even when you have authority. Everyone will get some sort of discouragement in life or the other. In fact, um, when David is talking to Saul, he says something that I like. He says, let no man's heart fail him. That's the real heart attack. Read 1 Samuel 17. 
The Bible says in verse 11, And Saul and all Israel, when they heard the words of the Philistine, when they heard Goliath's words, that they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Because the, the warfare that Goliath first brought to Israel, it wasn't physical. Goliath was not just, he wasn't beating on people just yet. For days, he would stand up and shout at the people of God. He says, well, who did they bring? Someone gets out in the morning in Lagos traffic and it is shouting at you. For someone, you get on social media and you can hear Goliath shouting. Goliath will shout at them. He had not touched anybody. I will beat all of you, kill you, give you to the birds. Israel will be shaking. Generals. They will tell him, you go. He said, I'm not going, sir. I'm disobeying you here. Before Goliath lays a hand on them, he, he, he has spoken words over them. He has insulted them. <laughs> you know we sing that song, You Have Captured My Heart. Sometimes discouragement comes to capture your heart. I like that, I think it's in Proverbs, where he says, the, the man says to himself, I will not go out, that there's a lion on the street. And I don't know who it is who's either sensing discouragement or is discouraged already. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 43, the Bible says, The Philistine said to David, am I, a, am I a dog? But you come to me with sticks. And the Bible says, And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Everyone. The Bible, Paul will talk about the fiery darts of the enemy. That the devil will constantly set up checkpoints for those who have letters, who have authority in Christ Jesus. Whether you want to do ministry, whether you want to build a family, whether you want to get an education, whether you want to rebuild a nation. The Bible says he cursed David by his gods, which meant that they were not ordinary words. But David said to Saul, he said, let no man's heart fail him. Tell the person next to you, don't let your heart fail you. Don't let your heart fail. Don't let your heart fail you. David was said to his soul, he says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? He says, put your trust in God. David's brothers will discourage him. They'll say, look, oh, but what are you talking about? His older brother was upset. You want to build, you want to, look, David, okay, who, who, who did you keep the sheep with? Joseph's brothers were upset and they discouraged him. I mean, I can't understand how Moses managed with Israel. Because even from the word go, the people said to him, do you want to kill us? 
like the Egyptians. And then he's bringing them out all the signs and wonders. Ever so often, Egypt, Israel will look at Egypt and uh, Israel will look at Moses and say, Look, why did you bring us here? And look, uh, Moses is one of the most patient people I have ever read about. Because halfway in that journey, these guys are still sharp. I brought you through the Red Sea by the help of God. Use me. Red Sea open. You came through and they're asking me questions. <laughs> the apostles would face discouragement also. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth is given unto me. Go therefore. And once you hear that, you expect that they step out and there's just free freedom everywhere. They're preaching, but hell seems to break loose. That how come things will come up against those who have godly authority. And it's interesting because what then happens, what then happens when you get to a checkpoint, and I think that's God's word for someone today, is that sometimes, especially when it's dark, The policeman will say, you know, I got on your inner light. <laughs> because sometimes there is something about light. There is something about illumination that clarifies what you are dealing with and who you are dealing with. Because in darkness, everything is exaggerated. I don't know about you, but I don't like going out at night like that. Because at night, sounds are louder. Have you tried to go out at night, like 1 a.m. around your compound? Maybe to put up the generator or something. God will say to Joshua, again and again, be strong. And courageous. Be strong and courageous. If I was Joshua, once God begins to repeat it once, twice, I probably have to ask God, what exactly is going to happen? Because you know there's a difference between strength and courage. There's a difference between strength and courage. Because as you as discouraging things come up, you must allow God to stir up courage within you that your authority and strength can then be deployed. I mean, if you if you've been around Lagos a while, you mean you probably have had, you know, it used to be the bus conductors and they want to get they want to fight somebody. The first one minute is an introduction. Ah! <laughs> ah you know, and there are all sorts of shout. I, you know, maybe, why am I talking about school? Even in your primary school, well, okay, well, primary schools have changed. When we were growing up, the guy will threaten, look, I will beat you, eh? You will fence. No, just touch, no, just touch me once, just once. <laughs> of course, it then gets into the ridiculous ones where they say, just cross this line, cross this line. Oh, you crossed it, eh? You crossed it. But have you ever been faced with someone 
who you thought you could beat, but by the time they finished introducing themselves, ah, <laughs> they take off their shirts. Ah, yes, I remember this. They to break a bottle somewhere. Ah, because the friend who they coordinated with will not be holding them. Leave me. He said, leave me. Of course, you know, when they're telling him, leave, let me deal with this guy. They're winking to him. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> and sometimes in life, the stuff that holds us at a checkpoint and essentially is discouraging the life out of us is essentially just a lack of light, sir. When you can get a man's courage, when you can get a man to be in a place where he's devoid of light, it doesn't matter what strength he carries or doesn't carry. I mean, the whole of Israel's army, if they had decided to all just rush at Goliath at once, I mean, this is not the Avengers. Surely, they could have taken him down. But the guy is just there from morning. So, warfare. Ah. Oh, you brought Samuel. Rubbish. One blow. Samuel, you know. One, I would destroy him. You want to do oil and gas. <laughs> Why don't you go to your hometown and check if anybody in your hometown has done oil and gas? You want to build a law firm. You want to live for Jesus. You want to win so that the devil is in. They are just. I can just hear it. You want to marry <laughs> because the whole of, for days. Oh, so what you know? So they would Israel would then go and they will come back the next day, and the guy will come out again, insult them. Bible says that darkness covers the earth and gross darkness the people thereof. Help me ask the person next to you, where is your courage? Where is your courage? Where is your courage? Because courage is different from strength. Where is your courage? I suspect that this needs to be the most courageous generation of Christians ever. I suspect that this needs to be the most courageous generation of Nigerians ever. I suspect that this needs to be the most courageous generation of Lagosians ever. Because if not, we would carry the letters of God, the letters of the Spirit, the letters, the mandate and the authority in the name of Jesus. We would carry it in our hearts and God will have to wait for another generation for his counsel to be established. I suspect I'm speaking to people who God is saying, would you be courageous? Would you be courageous? And I don't know who, how this, where this is landing, with the Holy Spirit. 
But he's saying, would you, I know they are trying, I know Sambala, Tobiah, and Gazim, I know they are discouraging you, but would you be courageous? Would you bring encouragement close to you? Not flatterers. But a circle of people who would encourage you. The Bible says in Hebrews 3, says, daily encourage one another as long as it's day. It says so that your heart will not be, uh, 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 I think it says your heart will not be, uh, will, will, it says because of the deceitfulness of sin, that it will not affect your heart. Daily. So I said to Christians, there's no day that you should not seek encouragement. I mean, there are people who, Everyone should have a Folusha on their team. Whenever I call Folusha, well, I don't know if she's around, but she's the head of our pastor in charge of... Folusha is always... I call her Sunny. She's always bright and cheery. Hello, P.I. Even if you had troubles, you just you should have one, one, one person at least. If you can't marry somebody, make sure your mother is like that. You should look for somebody like that. Or age, age race. Rehearsing. It's, it's like that too. Ejiro. Uh, Oseme. Bob, just en- full of encouragement. People who if you go f- to a funeral with, they will still be cracking jokes there. Not that they're not serious, but they just, they find joy. Oh, look at the lovely flowers they put by the grave. <laughs> it was like, relax, reverent. The Bible is talking about, in Acts chapter 4, about a guy called Barnabas. They called him the, the son of encouragement. Would you protect and curate your courage by looking for your own company? In Acts chapter 4, the Bible says that the apostles were threatened. They told them, we would, we would, we would punish you guys, we would beat you. When you read verse 23 to 31, very quickly, of verse 23, it says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, thou made heaven and the earth and the sea, and that's in it. And who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage? And the people imagined a vain thing. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and the counsel determined before to do to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. I'm going to talk about prayer very quickly. And how it affects your courage. But here they say, behold their threatenings. When you read the message translation, it says, take care of their threats. And give your servants fearless confidence in preaching your message. Here it says, behold their threatenings and grant unto the servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Do you have a company you can go to? If you don't have yet, find, pray. But you cannot surround yourself 
with people who are naysayers, people who are bitty, bitter, people who are petty, people who are constantly complaining and murmuring. When you wake up in the morning, by the time you chat with them for five minutes, you are depressed. Try it for maybe one week. Don't chat with them in the morning. Leave them, how they say, you leave them, when they send you a message, you leave them on red, right? Yeah, you just leave it for now. Look for your own company. Look for spirit-filled people, not professional critics. Guys, we're living in a culture that retails discouragements. The Bible says, darkness upon the earth and gross darkness. So, it's almost everywhere you go through is discouragement. But, I like, you know, when we read Nehemiah, the Bible begins to talk about how they would lift up prayer to God. Here, the apostles would lift up prayer to God. and say, Lord, look at the threats. The Bible says that you would take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So prepared for this, I said, look, in my life, in the seasons when I've been really discouraged, I'm learning that, I've learned that it doesn't, <laughs> because sometimes the temptation is to go to God's presence and pretend in front of him. I remember one time, almost like a rebuke, God saying, because I would go to pray. You know, sometimes you just, you know, sometimes we're mannerless in God's presence. Go just literally just bust him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak your counsel over Nigeria. I'm like, ah. no, hello, hi, how are you? No, no. I commit today to you. You are blessed today, blessed tomorrow. Protect my father. My grandmother is coming back from London tomorrow. Make sure they don't steal her luggage. Da -da 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 -da. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh God is saying, "Where?" Said the angels, "I said she has gone." <laughs> but sometimes you would let God minister to you in prayer. That sometimes you would stay in the presence of God and speak to Him as your Father. And speak to him about the things that are happening in your life. And speak to him about that is, which is discouraging you. Speak to him about the insult. Lord, can you imagine? Mosun did not invite me for her party. And Lord, you know normally I don't really care. But she invited everybody in the choir. Everybody. In fact, she gave them their ivies in front of me. And Lord is paining me. Lord, I've applied for this job 20 times. Lord, would you hear the threats? Lord, would you minister to me? Lord, would you strengthen me? One day, David and his men come back from what is meant to be a victory. They get back. As they're coming back home, they see smoke. Not only has there been a fire, 
the houses have been destroyed. Not only have their houses been destroyed, their possessions have been taken away. Not only have their possessions been taken away, their wife, their wives have gone. Their children are gone. And everybody starts to cry. The Bible says they cry until there's no more strength to cry. Then one man begins to say, look, this is David's fault. I don't know who is at the place where people are saying it's your fault. The Bible says not only did they say it was David's fault, they began to speak of stoning him. I don't know who is at the place where your own people seem to want to turn against you. What did David do? The Bible says, and David encouraged himself. First Samuel chapter 30 and 6. In the Lord his God. Okay, let me put this together. Let me land. <laughs> because there is someone who needs to, when they get to the checkpoint of discouragement, needs to have a game plan. Needs to be able to say a prayer. In fact, for someone, and I think that was the title of my message, was, I, I kept hearing, it was almost like God is saying, would you allow yourself to be reminded of who you are in God on a constant basis? And it's important to have people who would encourage you, but sometimes you would find that even the people you are looking to to encourage you are looking for someone to encourage them. Sometimes people come to you and say, Lord, oh, I'm going through a tough time. And it's out of Christian compassion that you're not telling them what you are going through yourself. Because you know if you tell them, then that's the end. And so the ability <laughs> to find light in God, to find light in his word, to find light in his presence, The ability to step out of the darkness that discouragement brings. Police people will say, put on your inner light. Sometimes when you put on the inner light and they see you, oh, I didn't know it was you. It says, let the light shine. One piece of scripture says, awake all ye who sleep. Let God's light shine on you. Isaiah says, arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness hides your identity. Would you pray a prayer? Would you find word? Would you find God? Would you go back to your company? I think it was last week, um, I'd heard that phrase. It says there's too many Christians who are in mufti, in the spirit. I was like, okay, what does that mean? And then, um, so I play tennis a bit, and then I'd, there's a gentleman who comes to the same place where I play tennis. And for, for whatever reason, he's just not one of my favorite people. He's always making, say, okay, fine, I'll go and say something. Anyway, for whatever reason. And I never played with him before. I just didn't really kept my way. 
And then I think during the week, I was trying to leave the place and I saw that man arriving at the venue. <laughs> if you see the way soldiers were jumping down from the car. You know, I was just thanking God I had never played with him, never had an argument while playing with him. I'm telling, no, I'm, not, I'm serious. You don't know how, it's a testimony how God saved me. Because if I did not know and had played with him, I could have been arguing points with him. Oh, God, the ball is in, it's in. Oh, I don't like people like you. The man said I should meet him outside. <laughs> if you see the way army boys were jumping from the car, bam, bam. <laughs> Light dawned on me. <laughs> I will not play with him. If I play with him, I'll let him win. <laughs> I will never look at his game self. I'm not joking. Because he's a, like a fairly senior army man. <laughs> In fact, when I see him again, I'm going to greet him. Hello, sir. <laughs> ah. I says, a wise man sins danger from afar and avoid it. But isn't it ironic that too many of us are still in mufti in the spirit? So the things which are discouraging us, to be honest, should not be discouraging us. They say to Jesus, Lazarus is dead. They said, no, I, I, I have better, I'm, bet, I'm better informed. He's sleeping. Jesus will appear before people who people are mourning about. And he'll say, no, these people are not dead. They are sleeping. Jesus had lights on the inside. Someone needs to look at their bank account. <laughs> and I think that sometimes the bank sends it every morning just to remind you of your financial status. And say, no, this is not the description of who I am. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Someone needs to go home. And when the echoes of your solitude come back to you, you tell them, this is not who I am. This is not all that I am. I am blessed here. I am going to be blessed more. Someone needs to be able to look at the very things that seem to be mocking you. And instead of always just trying to convince them, they need to flood their hearts with light. I don't know who it is that God has sent somewhere. I don't know who it is that God has sent somewhere. Instead of being surprised at discouragement, would you let your light shine? <sighs> would you let your light shine? Would you call your friend and say, look, there's this, there's this thing which is discouraging, and let them encourage you. If you can't find a friend, would you find a pastor? If you can't find a pastor, put on a podcast. If you, I have, I have my own encouragement podcast. The ones, the day I want encouragement. There are some people I don't listen to. That no, on that day, there are some teachers I don't listen to on that day. But would you stand in the presence of God and say, Lord, why do the heathens rage? 
And why do they imagine a vain thing? Would you, because that scripture says God will laugh at them. Would you say to God, would you laugh over my heart? Because when God's laughter starts to proceed in your heart, it's like inner light. It's amazing how much we are discouraged about that is actually not real. It's amazing who hasn't started that company that God told them about three years ago. It's amazing who hasn't made that move. Don't forget what I said. It's spiritual attack. It's because they know there is a mandate over your life. There's a call of God over your family. Why do you think there's so much bad news in the world today? Everywhere you go. Why do you think that it's so pervasive, the sense of hopelessness? But the lion of the tribe of Judah lives within us. It says, greater is he who lives within you than he who is in the world. The Bible says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that we have even in our faith. The Bible says, it might not yet appear as we are. First John 3. It says, but we know that there is a revelation coming soon. The Bible says, he who is called you is faithful. He will do it. I know there's a stack of evidence against you, but God is bigger than that evidence. Sir. I know you've tried seven times. The righteous man will fall seven times, but he will get up again. I know they've told you to give up, but Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I know they said people who went before you could not do it. And for someone, as you get to that checkpoint, all I keep hearing is, would you put on your inner light? Would you let God illuminate your heart? Follow me, I don't know if you've got a song. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.